Hello, this is Curtis Edwards, Vice President of Investor Relations at Hudson Investing. Are you ready to start building your multifamily portfolio? Kent and I are excited to announce our newest deal in Spartanburg, South Carolina. This 157-unit property offers a unique chance to acquire a B-class value-add property for just $120,000 per door. This is well below replacement costs. De-risking the deal even further is a favorable loan assumption with over six years remaining at 3.73% fixed. With 50 economic development projects underway and 70,000 jobs within a 20-minute drive, the South Carolina upstate region is primed for above-average job, population, and rent growth. Don't miss out on this exclusive deal. Find the link in the description notes to learn how you can invest. When you take money out of the equation, it gives you your time. That's the whole point of, of the owning the money game is that you get your time to figure out your purpose and then live your purpose. Welcome to Right Around Real Estate, the show about how to passively invest like a pro. On each episode, I interview real estate experts who give their top investing advice, strategies, and tools, and I break down their insights into practical steps to avoid the pitfalls and make better investments. I want to help you passively invest like a pro. This is Ritter on Real Estate, and I'm your host, Kent Ritter. Hello, fellow investors. Welcome to another episode of Ritter on Real Estate, where we teach you how to passively invest like a pro. Today, my guest is Damian Lupo, and Damian is the best-selling author of a dozen books on personal finance, investment, and retirement strategies. He's on, and he is on a mission to free 1 million people from financial bondage. And that, I, that's exciting. I'm excited to dig into that. I want to know a little bit what, what financial bondage is, and, and uh, hopefully I'm not involved in any of that. He, he also hosts the Financial Underdogs podcast, which is ripping conventional wisdom apart for the Main Street investor looking for truth about money and investing. And he started over 50 companies and even founded his own martial art called Yokido. Damien's developed the ultimate investor retirement tool called the EQRP, and his strategy gives individuals total control of their retirement money to invest in real assets like real estate, gold, and crypto. Awesome, Damien. Great to have you here today and uh, excited to dig into all this. I mean, there's there's so many things to cover here. 50 companies, that's that's pretty impressive. I think, I think, I think that's the top I've heard. <laughs> Well, I, first off, thanks for having me. Uh, and you know, the, the people that are that have more companies than that, either they, you know, they they counted each one of their baseball cards as a company, or their name's Richard Branson. I mean, it's <laughs> it, when you think about launching companies and running companies, it, it takes it takes time and it takes energy, and it's not something you just you know you don't launch a company every week or every month, um, and you have to be willing to to kill companies when they don't work. And that's, mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons that I can say I've done 50 companies because some of them came and went and, and sometimes that happens in a matter of, you know, three or six months and it's, you have to be willing to do that. Some people hold on for years and they should have killed that baby, but they didn't. Yeah. Know. <laughs> well, no, I, I think that's a, that's a great tip and great lesson learned. And yeah, I mean, excited to have you here. So, so give us a, a little bit of background on yourself, you know, help folks understand who you are and, and how you've got to be here today. Well, you, before the show, we were talking about how the first time when we met was back in, in Nashville and it was at a live event. And, and that's, if you want to know who I am, I'm the guy that just gets on planes and I, I hustle and I, and I build and I learn and I make mistakes. 
I've been doing this forever. I mean, it's, it's always funny, the overnight success stories that have two or three decades of, of bruises that mm-hmm. back them up. That's the foundation. And I'm no different. It was, it was really just going out there and, and, and trying things and then realizing that they don't work the first or second time and third time, mm-hmm. fifth, 10th time. And, and so I, I did that stuff. I, I went to college and did that thing and got thrown out of school because I started a bookstore that put the bookstore on campus out of business. This is like before Amazon put all the bookstores out of camp uh, out of business. Right. So I just, I wasn't smart enough to be Jeff Bezos and I, I didn't see it. I mean, I was just too young and inexperienced and, uh, but that, that was part of the process of doing things that were edgy. And I actually got invited to leave the school. They said, we don't like the fact that the, pe- the people that sell paper and pencils uh, are, can't not stay in business. I'm like, yeah, but they're ripping everybody off. So that was, that was kind of fun to be able to say, well, <laughs> hey, you know what? That's cool. Did my thing, paid for school in a week, and then I left. And, and then from there, I just I started going out there and trying things. And I think that that's one of the missing elements for, for people, passive investors and entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. They don't go and try things. They just study things. They just think about it. They just look online and look at everybody else's blingy, shiny objects. Mm-hmm. And you got to go out there and get muddy, man, muddy and bloody. And I just got muddy, muddier and bloodier than most people, which is why I have 50 <laughs> plus companies, why I made 20 million, built a $20 million portfolio, lost it plus five, started over, remade the, the fortune. And it was just, it was being willing to look like an idiot and, and be willing to face myself in the mirror and go, you were an idiot. You, you were, you were, I, I call myself a complete douche in the 2000s because it was just a money-driven adventure. So if you want to know part of the experience, mm-hmm. it was more is more and better. Now more is just more. And it's, and back then it was never enough. A million was 1 million, 2 million was multi-million. And then, you know, just like the problem I see with a lot of people is they don't have a mission. And that's mm-hmm. where I really, it, there's a big difference with what I do and what my company does and, and, and the culture around a mission versus the culture around more money. Like I would look at, if you, if you listen to Grant Cardone, I love a lot of what he does, but what I hear a lot of most of the time is money, money, money. If it's in your pocket, it's meant to be in my pocket. And I was like, yeah, that's, that doesn't really resonate, man. Like, you know, what's mm-hmm. the service? Like, what are you doing mm-hmm. to make people's lives better? And I think that that's the question we have to really start with. Yeah, no, I think that that's a great point. I think you've got, I mean, a lot to unpack even there, right? The, the idea of just, just getting started. I love that idea. I mean, we talk about, I talk about on this show, kind of improving through iteration, right? You're just, you, you got to get started. You got to keep moving and, and that's how you get better, right? Versus like you said, study and study and read and, and, and watch others. So I think great lessons learned there. I think great lessons learned around having the mission to, to drive yourself forward. So, so your mission now is coming on to, you know, through all these companies and, and through the last 20, 30 years, your mission now is to free a million people from financial bondage. So what does that mean? That here's the deal. Like right now, money is modern day slavery. And so what, and, and I say that because it's, it's keeping people enslaved in shackles. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's really scary to think about how we work for money. That's our focus. It's, and then we, and then it doesn't matter how much we make, we need to make more like that is modern day America. It's Western civilization. And it keeps people trapped because they're buying things they can't afford on debt that they really shouldn't be taken out to impress people that don't care about them with things that are depreciating. Like it's a crazy cycle. And then all of a sudden you die. So, I mean, this, this is, I mean, it's like being in solitary confinement in a weird way. And then you eventually just die there and nobody really cares. And you just, you know, it's like, I, I think we have to start relooking at, at, at kind of everything. It's not just about making more money and passive income. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's about it's about becoming free of going out there and focusing all your time and effort for money and then asking, what are you doing here? Is it just to get more money to go buy mm-hmm. more shiny objects? Or is there, is there some purpose? I, I had a conversation with a doctor, a psychologist years ago, not psychologist, he was a chiropractor, but he was like a coach for, for he's kind of a psychologist. And, and I said, you know, I've got this philosophy. I, me and Aristotle, we think the same. I was basically borrowing Aristotle. And I said, the purpose of life is happiness. Cause that's what Aristotle said. And, and it, Dr. Fred said, that is not the purpose of life. And I was like, really, you're telling me Aristotle was wrong. He's like, yeah, I go, dang, man, you got some balls. He goes, purpose of life is purpose. What is your purpose? It's not just mm-hmm. to be happy because there are going to be plenty of times where it's going to be a struggle. I'm like, man, I've had a lot of those. I still have the, I have, that was today, you know, like there's always a struggle. And so <laughs> yeah. we're not meant to just be in this hedonistic state of joy and bliss and, and orgasm and whatever it is. We're meant to be going through something on purpose for a purpose. And I went, Oh, so all that, all the bling and the, the Ferraris and the Lamborghinis and the houses and, and the women and everything else, that wasn't necessarily the purpose. That was a learning opportunity and it was mm-hmm. fun, but it created a shallow version of a human being. And that's one of the things that people have to start with. What, what the hell am I doing? Why am I doing it? Mm-hmm. That's, that's probably the biggest thing that we need to start with. Gotcha. So this, this goes much deeper than, than I originally thought, honestly. And, and, and I like that because it's uh, this idea of, of living life with purpose and developing a mission, right? And understanding that mission and understanding that when you, so when you say free from, from financial bondage, really at, at the root level, it's freeing yourself from this mindset of this need to accumulate, like accumulate more and accumulate things and prove yourself to others through the, like the keeping up with the Jones, Jones's mentality. Right. And, uh, and so it really starts with mindset. It, it is a mindset. It's a mindset of, of gratitude where you're actually grateful for what you've got. And when you want more, nothing wrong with more. The question is why though? Mm-hmm. Like, do you, do you want a bigger house to prove it to somebody? Do you want a bigger house because you, you, all of the crap that you're buying doesn't fit? Do you want a bigger house because you actually want to have a studio where you build something, you create something where your purpose is on fire? Do you mm-hmm. want to have a space for your kids where you're actually able to connect with them or the, uh, you know, versus them leaving, going somewhere else? Like what being very purposeful about your environment, the people that are around you. I have a, a, a thing that I do. It's called the peak life. It's P-E-E-C. It's the, per, it's the people, the environment, the experiences, and the contribution. Mm-hmm. And most people just think about the security piece, which isn't even on the peak life. There's like, I need money and I'm safe. And I yeah. go, what in the world? Trust me, there's no amount of money that'll make you safe. None. I've had people come to me and they have millions of dollars and they're afraid. They're afraid they're going to lose it because they don't know how to build anything and they're not focusing on contribution. They're just focusing on if I have money, I'm going to be safe. And I, and I look at them and I go, you're never going to be done. Yeah. You'll always be afraid. And so you, you have to start looking at, again, back to this, this whole, this bigger picture. Why are you doing this? What is the purpose? Are you, are you just bored? Like, and, and if you're just bored, is more money going to actually fix it? Or do you need something that it creates fulfillment? And contribution is, is such a big part of that. And having the right people in your life, getting rid of the naysayers and the, the scarcity-minded people. Sometimes that's getting rid of family. It's brutal, yeah. but there's a purge in the people. That P stands for purge as well as the people. You got to purge the crap. You got to pur- purge the people that aren't meant to be in your life or shouldn't be in your life. And, and people are like, well, does that mean I get rid of my dog or my wife? Or like, what, what do I do? <laughs> like, sometimes you got to get rid of things that are and people and you know, they're really close, but they're not serving you. Like, would you keep a dog if they kept biting your neighbor's kids? No, you yeah. purge that thing. Same thing with people that are close. They can screw up our entire lives because of osmosis. We take on their energy, their belief systems, their integrity, their, their view on abundance and scarcity and wealth and, 
and everything. So I just think most people are zombies. They're not being conscious. They're not, they're not, they're not sitting still long enough to actually say what is true right now. They're just mm-hmm. going through motions. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're hitting a chord for me for sure. So, so my, my word for the year is, uh, is intentionality and just be being intentional in, in everything that I do. And, uh, and, and I totally understand what you're saying because it, it's so easy to get caught up in this, just go, 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 you know, have to be doing more, have to be grinding, have to be achieving, you know, have to be hitting, hitting goal, but, but doesn't really matter because you got to be on to the next goal. Right. And the the whole time you're accumulating things and accumulating things, and that's supposed to add value or, or or happiness. Right. And, And at the end of the day, none of that really does. Right. So, so it's about, yeah, changing this mindset, changing this mindset and then having the tools as you change your mindset, I think to, to then deliver on it, it sounds like that, that peak system is something that helps you kind of define the steps to take to, to do this. Right. Well, and, and you know, part of, part of the, the vision that that's part of every, there, it's, it's integrated to every, every part of a peak life. There's gotta be a vision. I mean, that's, that's what pulls us. It's our North star, this vision mm-hmm. for something bigger in the future than the past. It doesn't mean more. It just means bigger. It means more profound. It means more important. And, and I, I, you know, we, you've got it. You've got to start with this vision and, and let the, let the tools sometimes find their way into your life. I think a lot of times people go, well, if I have the right system. And I studied with a guy named Van Tharp, who is the traders coach. He lives in North Carolina and he's, he's like the, the best in the world at what he does. And when we, we used to train together, he would, he would talk about the success of a trader. And this is a trader, an investor, a business owner, but especially yeah. investors. He said, most people go focus on the system. They say, okay, this, and we're talking the tools. You, you, mm-hmm. go, to, you go to an event, you get some tools. You're like, ah, I'm set. I'm going to go make a billion dollars. Yep. That's actually about 5% of the success. So if you look at the, your whole, the whole likelihood that you're going to be successful, there's 5% that has to do with the system or the business or the investment. The okay. next about 10% is is the position sizing how much are you risking on whatever you're doing and the other 85 percent is your psychology and the problem is people are like ah psychology that's woo that's that's just like i, I don't have time for that i need tell me right. how to make the money do i invest in dogecoin or bitcoin like right. they're just trying to figure that out that's not the right question the question is what's going on in your head what's what's mm-hmm. your belief system what's because that's going to drive those decisions it's going to drive which tools you pick it's going to drive the people you engage with, the people that you decide are, are going to be clients or customers or tenants or vendors. So we, we tend to miss the entire point, but it's more fun because all the systems are like, oh, if I just do this, I'll make an extra thousand bucks or $10,000. Right. And it doesn't make any difference because it's the lottery. You're just going to get it and give it away. You got to get the mind right. The psychology is the thing that matters and people skip it. Yeah, man, I, I think that makes a ton of sense because if you're you know, at, at the end of the day, if, if you've got, it goes back to why are you doing it all? So you have these tools, you have these systems, you're doing it, but, but why, and, and then how do you know when you have enough and when do you stop? Right. And, and when do you know when, when to pivot and, and when do you know when, uh, you know, when this thing starts, starts kind of take, taking over this thing, like you're spending too much time over here and you're losing track of your family or vice versa, or, you know, I think, um, no, I, th- I think it all starts with mindset and, and, I think that's a really good way to approach it. How do you, um, so you, so in freeing a million people from, from financial bondage, you know, how sounds like it starts with mindset. You talk about peak life and some of these things, but, but, but how are you helping people 
you know, create this mindset if that's what it is, or, or, or what is the program you're taking them through and uh, tell, tell us how we get free. So, so the way that you get free is, is you take control and you take responsibility. It really comes down to self-responsibility. And the, so the tool, and so we're going to get into tools because the tool is filtered by people that are responsible, which is their psychology and their spirituality. People that are victims have really terrible spirits. It's just, you know, it's, it's sad, but if you're over there telling me that the, that the world is, is, is against you and it's Joe Biden or it's Donald Trump's fault, or you're blaming somebody, you're basically an idiot because you can't control any of that. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, the shift is when you say my life, my responsibility, like Larry wing, it says it, you know, your life is your own damn fault. Stop, shut up, stop whining, get a life like that. I love his <laughs> book titles. Like brilliant. And, and so what we do is we say, okay, where, where's most people's money? It's in retirement accounts. And what are they doing? They're abdicating responsibility and they're playing victim and handing it over to somebody that doesn't really care whether they win or lose as long as the fees keep flowing to that advisor or that Wall right. Street firm. So the EQRP that, that we created is, is a tool where you can actually own and control your retirement money, which is what most people are going to rely on for their future. And, and the idea of retirement, I generally hate the idea because most people think I'm done. If you're done, the universe is done with you, which means you're taking up resources and space. And it means you're probably going to die. Most guys in America die within three years of retiring. You got to have that purpose, that contribution piece. Mm-hmm. So the problem is you can have contribution, but if you don't have any resources, you're going to starve to death. It's like saying, I don't really care about oxygen. Let me, let me ask you that question when you're, you're three feet under the, under the water. That's the only thing that matters. It's like not having any money. Take mm-hmm. it all away. And it's the only thing that matters because you're really hungry and you're really cold. Right. And so the idea is that we say, there's an option if you know about it called self-directing and choosing and, and directing traffic on your money. The EQRP is, is this tool that allows people, whether they're by themselves, whether they have a company with 50 people or whatever, it allows them to take control and invest in things like real estate, gold, crypto, Bitcoin, notes, whatever they want. They're not stuck in the Wall Street roller coaster because really what that is is jail. When, when we talk about breaking people out, I mean, Wall Street is jail. If you try to get money out of places like Edward Jones or TD Ameritrade, and this is personal experience, I'm amazed at how brutal they are telling you that this is stupid. You shouldn't do that risky real estate stuff. They tell you that uh, we'll get around to it when we can. Sometimes that's three, four, five, six, eight weeks to get your money. Like, it's just amazing. That system feels like it's their money and you're too stupid to have your money. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, it's a bit of a war. Like it's a war. It's, it's called freedom versus tyranny. Man, I dig it. I get it. It's, uh, you know, it, but it's the, but it's what we're all taught, right? It, it's conventional wisdom is you, you put it into your 401k and you let it sit there and, and, you, and you build and you save and you save and you build, right? And you, uh, you, you retire and then you enjoy life when you're 70 and hopefully you run out of money before you die, right? Or, or hopefully you don't run out of money before yeah. you die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there's always that concern. My, you know, before my dad died, one of the things that he was really concerned about was that he was going to become a burden to his kids mm-hmm. and, and he got sick with cancer. And I, you know, our mindset can keep us alive or it can kill us. We can literally yeah. choose to die and die. Buckminster Fuller had this happen when his wife, he and his wife died without seeing the other one die. So just imagine that, you know, somebody's going to die and you lay down next to them and you die. Mm-hmm. It's in our minds. And so my, my dad didn't want to be a burden. So he, I think he pretty much accelerated his death because he didn't, because he was running out of money. Yeah. And that's where most people are. They're, they're afraid they're going to run out of money. And you, you don't have to do that, but you have to do the work. And, and work is like a freaking four-letter word anymore. It's like work. Ah, I don't want to work. I want right. to give it to me. You want and, it done and, for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you want it done for you. That's never going to be freedom. That's, that's uh, you know, if you want that plan, go talk to Bernie and AOC. They, they got a plan for you. 
but it, you're never going to be free. So the idea is, is just like anything else, you've got to have accountability for yourself. You got to take ownership of your future and you do that. You, you're saying one of the best ways to do that, because where is most people's money in their retirement accounts is taking control of your retirement account, right? Yeah. And stop listening to the Wall Street Journal, Kiplinger, CNBC, Jim Cramer, all these people, these institutions, your financial advisors, and most, most financial advisors are honestly criminals because they're not really putting people's interests ahead of their own. And, and why do I say that? Do I think that they're all bad? No, there are great people out there. But what I, the problem is they have a sales pitch and I'm, I love salespeople. I love being sold because I'm a salesperson. I love that. Mm-hmm. But I, what I have a problem with is when somebody calls themselves an advisor and then they say dumb crap like, ooh, I don't know. Let's, let's not put any more than 5% in that risky thing called real estate. Let's keep it in mutual funds. I'm like, right. you're, aligned, you're not in alignment. All you're thinking about is having passive income, the advisor, so they can go golf. That's right. not really in the best interest. And, and that's, there's a lot of games that are played. So I just have a hard time with the system. You've got to stop listening. You said conventional wisdom. It's, con- it's like conventional delusion. It's not even <laughs> like there's wisdom. Like what is the wisdom around giving all your money away to somebody and saying, okay, f- please fee me to death. And when I wake up, I'll actually make two or 3% of my money compounded. You'll make more than that. And I'm not, I'm not free, but you are free because all, all the fees I've been paying you. That's mm-hmm. a system that's built for the system, not for the people. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it makes total sense. I think it's something that, that, uh, you know, just through, through, like you said, through marketing and sales, it, it's what's become what's normal, right? It, it's what's pushed through, through our companies, right? Invest in your 401k. Hey, we'll even match it. Right. We'll, we'll give you some extra money. But so, so e, if EQRP is, is one of the vehicles to do this, right? So, so you, you, you decide you're going to do it. You, you've got the vehicle, but now you've got to decide how, like, where do you put your money? How do you allocate your money? So, so how does somebody go through and make that decision? So this is what it's funny because people will say, what's the downside? Cause you, you, I, I like, I love my product. Cause I said, I went out there and built this thing based on what I saw was missing in the market. And they go, well, what are the cons? And I was like, okay, well, let me tell you what the cons are. If you're reckless or you're freaking scared of, of your shadow, this is a bad idea because you'll never do anything because you're in charge. Like you can do whatever, just about anything you want. And the problem is you can do anything you want. So if you think, oh, it's a good idea to go buy a Ferrari with my 401k, it is the Ferrari of 401ks, but don't go buy a Ferrari with your 401k. You could do that. You could literally go write a check and disqualify your plan. So it's, I mean, the cons are, it's not meant for somebody that's a victim. They're going to do something and then they're going to blame, they're going to blame me. They're going to blame their dog. They're going to blame the Congress or the IRS, whatever. Like they're not going to own it. And yeah. so this is not, this is definitely not for everybody. This is for people that are savvy and, and want to be sophisticated. You don't have to be sophisticated. You got to, you got to be willing to do the work. And it's funny because it actually filters out a lot of people when I say you got to be willing to be doing the work. And I, I heard a great, I think, I think this was, I forget who said it, but it, maybe it's Bert Doman. He said years ago, he said, look, if you're going to go out there and you're going to learn how to be an investor, you got to look at it like college. You're going to spend at least a hundred thousand dollars, probably like 200 on the experience, which means losses and training and everything else. And it's mm-hmm. going to take you four or five years. And people are like, what? Man, I want to be financially free in five minutes. If it's not right. five minutes, then I'm out. And, and that's the problem. People are impatient, lazy, and greedy. <laughs> yeah, man, you, you just have such a positive outlook. I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, you know, yeah. oh, it is. I think there are- oh, no, I, I'm kidding. I, I love people. I don't like zombies. And I see a lot of sheeple zombies that are running yeah. around. And, and I don't have any time or energy or respect for them. 
when I see people that are that are complaining, they're, I'm like, look, get away from me because you're, you're not going to put your cancer all over me, man. You're like toxic ooze. It's like Ghostbusters. You got to zap them with something and you know, get rid of them. I, I don't want that anywhere near me. And they, they ought to be embarrassed. If you're bitching about your life and you're not doing something about it, you ought to be embarrassed. Well, I don't know what to do. It doesn't matter. Go do something. Learn from it. Get better. Grow stronger. That's how you learn by going and doing it. You don't get stronger by looking at the gym. You go pick something up. You right. go do something. I'm a fifth degree black belt in martial arts. I did not get that because I read a book or went to a seminar. I spent 20 years and 20,000 hours studying, doing it, bleeding, breaking, scrapping, and scraping. Like that is how it's done. People don't know how to hustle anymore. It's one of the things I like about Grant Cardone. Man, that dude hustles. He's 62 years old. He's out hustling. And so, you know, if, if you want to describe me, it's, I just, I know how to work my ass off and hustle and also build things at the same time. So I'm not killing myself. Mm-hmm. No, that, that's awesome, man. I think you've, uh, you know, yeah, you're, you've hit the nail on the head, right? There's just, you've got to have a level of accountability and, and if you're not, but if you're not willing to, to take responsibility for your own f- like financial future, then like, like what's more important than that of, of taking uh, of t- so if you're going to take responsibility for something, right? Take, re- take responsibility of your financial future, put it in your hands, spend the time to educate yourself so you can make good decisions and, and, and use, use a vehicle that allows you to invest in more than just, uh, just stocks, right? It, I always like to come back to what Forrest Gump said, because he, he's saying what you said. And I mean, Forrest Gump's a smart guy. And he, he was sitting he was, on that bench. Hey, he's a billionaire. I'll take it. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I think it, it, in reality, it would have been, he, he, there's a scene where he's sitting on his bench and some lady says, well, what do you do? And he, he's, I don't know, he's talking about shrimping or something. And then he mentions, yeah, I bought this little fruit company. Right. And you know, and then, <laughs> and then I just, it was just, it was just one less thing to think about. And it was because he went out there and took action and he bought Apple. And I mean, that, that movie was in the mid nineties. So right. in reality, if you'd gone out there and bought a pile of Apple in the early nineties or whatever, I mean, you probably are totally set for life. And that's just taking action. And it doesn't mean you're going to be right. It just means you need to be growing the whole time. And so the point of all that was that when you take money out of the equation, it gives you your time. That's the mm-hmm. whole point of, of the owning the money game is that you get your time to figure out your purpose and then live your purpose. Yeah. And, and that's the opposite of how most people think, right? That's kind of where, where we're going around saying is most people, it's accumulate money, money, money. Really, the mindset needs to be you, you need to. You, you want to accumulate time or you want to free your time. You want to give yourself, I mean, that's our most limited resource, right? It's the only thing that we can't get more of is time. And by creating, you know, whether it's streams of income or, you know, businesses and things that allow you to have that financial freedom that then ultimately give you that time, right? Give you that time to, to do what you want to do and pursue what you want, but you've got to have a clear vision, Right. Otherwise, what's it all for? More. That's that's what most people. That's their what's it for is more. Yeah. And and it's yeah. never enough. And there's always somebody like you can always compare yourself to somebody. The the only person that you can, you should compare yourself. And I say should. And I say that very intentionally because that's that's your focus this year. Very intentionally. It's who are, you should you should only be comparing yourself to your potential mm-hmm. because at the end of your life. The worst case scenario, hell on earth, is sitting in your last your your bed or wherever, the last breath, and looking out and seeing the man that you could have been. Right. That's hell on earth, and that's why you only need to you you only must focus on your potential. You're not comparing yourself to Oprah or Michael Dell or Elon or anybody else because that that's not you, and that's stupid. 
quite frankly, it's just a dumb, dumb move. So what's your potential? If you're not living up to that, you'll never be fulfilled. You might make a bunch of money, but you'll, you'll never, you'll have success for moments. And then you'll say, now what, now what is your purpose? It should always be what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, right on. So how do people start to, you know, so, so they're hearing you today. They're like, man, this makes a ton of sense. I've, uh, I've been focusing on the wrong things, right? How do people, how do you start? Like, where does somebody that's saying that, where do they start? How do they start to change their mindset? I think the first thing you have to do is look in the mirror and the, and the mirror is, is your life. It's, you know, it's, it's you. Are you, are you proud of your life? Is it, is it, is it what you would, if you, if you blank slated, I, this is that's the thing I did when I, I've moved a lot. And so when I moved into a new place years ago in Austin, I walked into this place and I was about to bury myself and all my crap for my legacy, you know, the years of accumulating. And I said, wait a second, what do I actually want in here? Like if I was to start from scratch, cause I am, it's a big open space. What do I want in here? And you know what happened? Me and my U-Haul truck went to Goodwill and gave away almost everything I had because it was just being drug along like the people yeah. in our lives. Like, unfortunately, many spouses, I mean, this is gonna be like the show that promotes divorce. But I mean, it, <laughs> the truth is, if you can stop and say blank slate time, like let's, let's say if I started with nothing, no people, no stuff, no house, no whatever, what would I intentionally bring into my life? And that's, and that's the first thing. We tend to just go with whatever it is because of momentum. It's a mm-hmm. bias towards the past. Our future tends to be a, a replication. It's like Groundhog Day. So we're like a bunch of sheeple zombies doing Groundhog Day on a merry-go-round. This is terrible. This is not a good idea. But that's what most people are doing. So you start by purging, by blank slating, and then well, you, you blank slate, and then you say, okay, I've actually got people in my life that need to not be in my life. And you mm-hmm. start, start. So what do, you, what do you do to start? You open space. How do you open space? You get rid of the crap that shouldn't be there. Yeah, you, you stop worrying about accumulation. Uh, right. Yeah. And toxic and toxic people. I mean, it's truly, people. it's funny. You, What's more dangerous? A bunch of junk. Cause my dad was a classic, a classic. He was like a world-class hoarder. I mean, the kind that they, they, they would create a new show about because he was so good <laughs> at it. Yeah. And, and I, I go, okay, so that's one thing, but truly what's more important, what's more empowering or devastating is the people that are around you. And people are so afraid of saying, no, thank you. And, and they, they just continue to have relationships and you're yeah. going to end up having a relationship at the least common denominator level. So yep. whoever's got more energy, who's got more focus, more vision, that's not the person that it's like, we don't rise to the challenge. We default to the level of our training or our stupid friends. And, and you've got to be willing to say no more. And that's how you own your life. You get rid of the crap that's, that's toxifying it. Yeah. No. And, and that, that brings a lot of tough decisions, right? I think those are a lot of the decisions that, that people don't want to make. Right. And so you just, oh. kind of, you, you just continue moving forward, just continue pushing forward. But man, I mean, I, cause that, that's a hard thing to do to, to say, man, you know, this person really isn't good for me. I, I have to cut them out. I was the one that got cut out. I know what it's like, like it's, it doesn't feel good. And so I, I you know, when I do it, I, it's very intentional. It's very thoughtful. It, it's not, it's not sometimes it, what's interesting though, is when you cut somebody out, you're opening space for them too. Mm-hmm. And it may be a, a space for a lesson. It may be for the right type of person that will inspire, empower, bring them up because we have to look around and, and ask ourselves, are these all healthy, these relationships, business, personal, love relationships? Yeah. And the reality is there's definitely stuff in our life that probably shouldn't be there. And so just being honest about that, you're doing, you're giving a gift to the other person too. So I've been, I've been eviscerated. I got eviscerated by my best friend, 10 year relationship. And then just like literally vapor. And that, I mean, it's brutal. And I could, I still to this day don't know how or why that happened. And I think it was my best guess is 
he was in a phase where he's ready to move in and focus completely on his new wife. And he mm-hmm. didn't want to have any distraction. And, and I, I accepted it without any real certainty or confirmation. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to let go of knowing. You just say, okay, I'm going to trust. It's not the knowing, it's the trusting. It'll, mm-hmm. it'll set you free in all sorts of ways when you can move into that space. It's a different level of, of, um, of freedom. Yeah, absolutely. You know, something that, that you just, you made me think of, I mean, you were talking about relationships, but I, th- I think the same thing goes with jobs too, of like, you know, um, you know, when I, so when I was a corporate executive, you know, we had to fire people and it, it's not a comfortable thing to do, right? It's not something that you ever want to do. A lot of people avoid it for, for a long time. I mean, it's the same thing. Like you have a, you have a person at work that, you know, is, is, is cancerous, right. Or toxic. And, um, but you avoid make, making that hard decision because it's un- uncomfortable. Right. But, you know, I had somebody tell me one time kind of similar to what you said, that really, really opened me up uh, to, to, to just feeling good about doing it is that, you, you know, being at that company, I mean, it's not good for you, but it's also not good for them. So as you said, like, you know, it creates space. So when you're able to, you're able to do that. I mean, if, if you're, if they're in a position where you're thinking about firing them, they're obviously not performing. They're obviously not living up to their best potential. The job probably isn't the right fit for them. So by letting them go, you're freeing them up to find an opportunity that is the right fit for them. And so, you know, I just, I, I felt a parallel there, but that was something that allowed me to kind of free up my mind to be okay to, to, to go ahead and do it and fire the person. It's really the best thing for them. <laughs> It, it, it is. And this, this goes to when, when people are doing real estate, they're, they're involved in stuff. It's a, it's an appropriate conversation to have with yourself or a mastermind or a mentor, which is, I think one of the best things anybody can do. You're not, you're like, what do I do first thing? Go get a great mastermind or a mentor or something. And, yeah. and somebody that, that you're paying to reflect back to you. I, you know, there, when, when you're in, in partnerships or you have, you have certain investors, there are people that you should not have in your life. Like I, I had a partner 20 years ago and what I should have got is a dog because all I really wanted was companionship and I ended up giving away half my company. Then he stole 5 million bucks. So, you know, th- that's the kind of dumb crap we do when we're, we're not emotionally there where we don't have self-respect for ourselves. The psychology mm-hmm. piece we talked about in the beginning, if you don't have that straight, you're going to go, you're going to go, instead of getting a golden retriever, you're going to end up getting a toxic, toxic criminal as a partner. <laughs> so like, it's, this is the kind of stuff that people don't think about. They're like, oh, I need a partner. Like, right. why do you need a partner? You don't, right. you don't need a partner. You need a friend. Go get a therapist. Right. <laughs> or a dog. Or a dog. But I mean, at least the therapist doesn't crap on your floor. So, I mean, you know, maybe there's, I guess there's benefits to both of them, but they're both way better than a bad partner. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, partnerships are something that I, I think in real estate, especially can, can be entered into just too quickly. You know, I see a lot of people meet and partner right away. Um, and it's something that should really be be looked at like a marriage, right? It should, it should be taken with, with the same level of, uh, same, just the same level of, of like rigor and, and review before you, you decide to, to make that leap. 100% it, agree. It, there's dating involved. Like you're 100% right. Yeah, you got to date. I, I, I've seen the same thing. People are like, oh yeah, we met at this conference and now we're partners. And I'm like, y'all are right. getting married after one weekend like that generally is a bad idea like how do you yeah. know anything about anything oh well right. we had a good time i'm like you were at tony robbins event of course you felt good what's wrong with you like that's a bad idea yeah, absolutely man uh well this is 
this is a great conversation. Not exactly where, where I thought we would go. I, I thought we, we might dig into like some technical things about an EQRP, but, but I love where we went because mindset is just so important to everything in your life. And, and, and it isn't talked about enough and it isn't focused on enough. I, I think like sometimes I feel like I'm in a bubble. I spend a lot of time focused on mindset. The people that are close to me spend a lot of time focused on mindset, but sometimes I feel like I'm in this bubble because when you go out to the, the rest of the world, it's like, it's like going out and speaking Latin today to people. Like nobody has any idea what you're talking about, you know? So, so I'm glad that we, we continue to kind of bring this up and this idea and, um, and, and, and just the thought of freeing yourself from, from that, not even freeing yourself from the materialism, but more about this idea of, of living with purpose and, and understanding your purpose and having that why and, and making sure that, that what you're doing, your job or, whatever it is aligns with that. Right. And that, that's ultimately how you're going to be happy. Yeah. And the, along those lines, one of the, one of the great things that Steve Jobs said years ago before he passed away, he made a comment that if, if you I think it was a graduation, like a, a commencement speech or something, he, he said, if you find yourself too many days in a row doing something that makes you unhappy or miserable, it's time to figure out how to make sure that's stopping. And he was talking about himself and mm -hmm. so you get, we get feedback from the universe, from the, from God, from whatever you believe in, there is feedback and it, it starts off with a nudge and a wink, and then a little bit of a shuffle, then a push. And then eventually a freight train drives over you if you're not paying attention because the universe, you, it, it works in profound ways. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like people, they show you who they are. And if you don't pay attention and do something about it, they will show you who they are when they land on your head with their yep. foot. And that's, I mean, that's what happened with, with this old partner I had 20 years ago. He showed me who he was. He was a criminal criminal intent. And, and I just ignored it because I, I needed a dog. And so I had him and, and then eventually guess what universe said, all right, you're not paying attention. $5 million is the price tag for you being a dumb, dumb, not, not actually getting it. We're trying to give you a warning that happens with our lives, with the people, with the jobs, with the investments, we do get warnings. And if we're open to being honest, a lot of things can change early, but most of us are ignoring reality. That has yeah. consequences. Yeah. I mean, I think most of us are moving too fast to pay attention. Right. So, so how do you slow down to, to recognize those, those warning signs or those signs from, from the universe? It's an intentional act of, of stillness. When I wrote reinvented life uh, after my meltdown, after I lost $20 million and had to start over, I went from 20 to, to negative five in 12 months. Great, mm -hmm. great experience afterwards, not during sucked during, but when I wrote that book, the, the last chapter is stillness. And there's an intentional act of stillness. It doesn't just happen like accidentally. There's too much noise, too many things flashing at us. You know, you have to tweet and twat and all this other stuff. Like it's just <laughs> chaos. Yeah. But what, what you can do is, and what, what I do is, is take, whether it's a minute or 15 minutes or an hour sitting still, whether it's meditation or prayer, whatever it is for you. And I, I happen to like doing it in, in nature because I think mm -hmm. nature is the most honest place in our lives. You go out there and you see a raccoon doing something, even when they busted stealing something, it's honest. And, and they don't have an agenda. They don't have a frontal lobe. Like they're just doing their thing. They're just very instinctual. And yeah. so I, that's it. That's a great place to connect and ground in a, in a very different way and, and probably take you to a different space spiritually. But if we don't have stillness, I don't think we really have life. Man, that I think I think that's that's where we put a bow on it right there. That's a great place to end. But before I let you go, I do want to take you through our keys to success round. I have four questions I want to ask you. First one is, 
what is one question that that every investor should be asking their deal sponsor if they, if they only get one question? I want to see all your experience the last 10 years. And I want to and and that that gives you relevance. Have they been doing what they're doing for 3 years? Have they been tying to somebody else's deal? What have they lost? The scariest thing is somebody that's never lost anything. They've been doing real estate for 20 years. I'm like either you're lying or you haven't done anything mm-hmm. because stuff happens. And the reason I like it now, I would say it's more like 15 years because you want people, I, I prefer to have people that have been through cycles. Doesn't mean you can't invest or work with people that are, have been working for the last few years. You mm-hmm. just, you want some depth to the team. So I, I like to have bald gray people around that are part of teams <laughs> that have been through cycles that have a little bit of experience. That's just sure. Sure. Now there's a lot of value there. What are you most proud of in your career? Then I just don't quit. It's my inner Winston Churchill. Like I just, uh, you know, never, never, never quit until it's time to quit. And it's, and that's, that's the, there's this really interesting fine line about persevering and pushing left or right. Because sometimes we're just sitting there beating ourselves into a concrete wall and we're never going to go through it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just one more headbutt that's going to hurt, but it's going to crack it. And how do you know? Sometimes that's just experience. It's intuition. It's emotional intelligence. And so it's, it's really when you like launching 50 companies, doing all the things I've done, mm-hmm. I, have, I have the ability to see stuff really, really fast because I've got all these experiences. It's just natural intuition. If right. you haven't done anything, you don't have any intuition. I mean, your intuition is just based on your childhood. Probably that's not going to help you in deals. So it's, it's really about developing that. I mean, that's, that's key. Yeah, no, very cool, man. I mean, I think you, you are the poster child of perseverance. What book should everybody be reading? I, there's a there's a book. So I always get thrown off. Which one do I want? It's a, is it principles or mastery? Because mastery takes principles, and principles is is a is, is what you really need if you're going to have mastery. And what is mastery? And I'm talking about George Leonard's book, not Robert Greene's. And this is the idea here. He was a marsh. He's a akidoka um, martial artist like me. He well, he's way beyond me. He's in a different realm of of everything. He he talks about mastery in a way where you, you learn how to plateau and embrace it. And, and maybe in the seals, they talk about it a different way. It's embracing the suck. It's just like, mm-hmm. you just go and go in and it's, it's a struggle. Nothing's changing. And then two years later, there's a pop. Yeah. And that's that the purpose the, the point of mastery is it allows you to break through and go deep without a focus on mastery, without principles, driving that focus, you're going to end up bouncing off a lot of things, having a very shallow life, chasing a lot of shiny objects, like a drunk squirrel. <laughs> I love the imagery. <laughs> All right. So mastery, that's what we, that's the book. Yep. And who's it by again? George Leonard. George Leonard. Right on. Lastly, man, wait, wait, what wait, is, let me, give you, let me give you my affiliate link at Amazon so I can get my 12. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll link it below. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> and then lastly, what is your number one key to success? I don't do affiliate links. No, I mean, it, it actually, here, here's, here's the, that's sort of funny because it sort of led into that, but saying no to almost everything. What I see a lot of people do doing right now is living for crumbs. They're working for crumbs. They're doing too many things. They're not focusing on anything and they're trying to get a few bucks here and a few, few bucks there. And they're basically struggling and they will be their whole lives. Where do you make a breakthrough? It doesn't really matter. It just matters that you focus on something and how do you focus? You learn how to say no and you get comfortable with it. I was just talking to, to a gal that I work with and and she was struggling because she doesn't know how to say no. So she has too many clients and she's dying. Like mm-hmm. she's just taken on, she's taken on too much. 
And we do that, we go, oh, it's a shiny object. It's Dogecoin. It's, it's multifamily. It's mini storage. It's the stock market, day trading. It's like, holy crap. Like, what are you yeah. actually doing? Oh, and then I have MLM and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell Cutco too. I'm like, oh, and I have affiliate links. So click here and I make $12. And I go, who are you? You're like, you're like a, a ravaged beast. Can't stay focused. <laughs> so ultimately it's, it's learning. The success secret is saying no. That, it changes everything. When, when my stuff went vertical, it was, after, it was right after I said, I'm only doing one thing. And then I did that thing for about two years. So it wasn't like the next day, oh my gosh, I'm amazing. I'm wealthy. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. it, it wasn't that. It was saying no and then committing and then doing the action and then persevering through the plateau. And that changes everything when you pop out and you're like, whoa, this is all of a sudden kind of easy. It takes time and it takes focus, which means say no. Yeah. No, that, I think it's fantastic advice. And so as, as we wrap things up, Damon, you've shared a, just a wealth of knowledge, man. If people want to learn more or they want to get a hold of you, how can they reach you? I think the best, the best way to reach me is, is find me on LinkedIn. And if you want to know about, about the, 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 the shaking, the shaking, the shaking, the shackles, if you want to learn how to break the shackles, if you're interested in the EQRP and, and you want to understand how to control that stuff, I get a copy of the, of the report I did by texting EQRP to 72,000. And if, if you want, I'll send you a book too. I, I wrote the QRP book. So I actually know what I'm talking about after multi years of studying the IRS code and that, which I don't recommend to anybody. It's a bad idea. You lose brain cells and all your hair. So if, if you want that, just simple text EQRP to 72,000. And if you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, thank you, Damon, so much for being here today and bringing so much value to our listeners and uh, hope you have a great rest of the week. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Ritter on Real Estate. Hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on the content that will make you a better investor. Also, visit KentRitter.com for articles, videos, and tools curated just for passive investors. Until next time, this is Kent Ritter with Ritter on Real Estate. Now go out and invest like a pro.